Day 17 is done. Yes, sir. Day 17, no smoking, 408 hours. 408 hours. That's a lot of time. You know how many minutes are in 408 hours? 24,000 minutes with no smoking. When we used to smoke, what, every 120 minutes? We've went 24,000 and a half consecutively without touching a cigarette. Everybody give yourself a round of applause right now. Yeah. Alright, so, for day 17, I still want to add, you know, random content here and there. I don't want to just talk about our mission to quit smoking here. Because we're already doing that. We're doing that. I'm just going to keep you guys going with information and entertainment. So, Quit Rich. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about how big of a project, how big of a project Quit Rich has become. It's quite large. There is a side of it that is cartoons. There's a side of it that is fashion and clothing. There's a side of it that is revolution. There's a side of it that is music. There's a side of it that is community. There's a side of it that is business and community business. There's a ton to unwrap right here. And there's a chunk of it that's education. There's a chunk of it that's finance. Uh, There's a chunk of it that is just overall happiness. And there's a chunk of it that's self-awareness. This thing is big. So one might ask, how did a project this big come to be and how did it get to the size? And that's, that's a long answer. <laughs> that's a really long answer. I'd have to walk you step by step as I collected ideas and formulated them and put them together. And the best way I can explain it, I wrote an article, I started to write this is going to be part, partially an autobiography, um, but I, I wrote a chapter of it, or a rough draft of it, published it on medium.com, which is kind of like a news publishing site slash social media where anybody can publish an article and put it out on the internet. But I use it as rough drafts for things that I want to write. Maybe one day I want to write a book and put a couple chapters out on medium and use those uh, to someday compile together some one big body of work. Who knows? Anyways, I wrote in this article talking about a little, talking a little bit about how my brain works. And I think we all are similar in a way. Um, maybe I'm just hyper-focused on it or I, I've, I've been in realization of what I was doing and awareness of what I was doing since I started doing this. But my brain takes information and stores it and categorizes it and I'll give you an example of how maybe different I am from my friends on Facebook there's a way and there has been for maybe the past two or three years there's a way to categorize your posts that you make on Facebook and you can categorize them as albums. I think originally it was intended to be for photos, but they also allowed you to add your posts to that. So 
if it's an article, if it's a picture, if it's a video, if you're sharing a link, you can categorize that stuff. I like to compartmentalize my life sometimes. So I say all that to say this, I haven't seen another friend really do that. I've seen them do it with their photos, but out of my 100, 150 close Facebook friends, um, and I say that loosely close because not all of them I get to communicate with nearly as half as I'd like to, um, shout out to them, uh, I don't really see them using it the same way. So my brain is a little bit different, but I think if everybody understood that our brains could work that way, they would, they would do that. Or Facebook, for example, would work that way. I think they may do that. Why do I do this? Well, when my relatives, my uh, son and daughter and their children decide to learn a little bit about their father, grandpa, grandfather, so on, etc., 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 and they're curious one day, well, I wonder what made him laugh. What kind of humor did he have? Let me try to understand that part of him or relate to that part of him. They can go to that compartmentalized part of my Facebook sharing. And what's interesting is you see the humor evolve over time. Some of it stays the same. I'm definitely a kid at heart, so that shows. But uh, same things with things that inspire me and made me happy or sad or frustrated. I really get to see how I'm reacting to history in real time. And... I just think about how cool that's going to be when my descendants get to look back upon that. And it's not going to be perfect. Some of it's going to be ugly. Some of it's going to be embarrassing. But it is very human. And if there's a learning point from it, then I'm happy. And uh, it's it's just neat. So back to Quit Rich and how Quit Rich got so big... Well, I compartmentalize things that I really, really love, and I usually am drawn to things that I'm currently focused on. So music, for example, if I'm making a website that's going to teach people how to combat addiction through um, the education of finance, which the combination of those two things happening is going to have the side effect of ending poverty, of course... I'm going to be drawn to music that is talking about fighting addiction or struggling with addiction or just the power of addiction. Same with poverty. So while I'm doing all these things, um, I've been creating a playlist of music that's come out in the past year on the subject matter. And not only is it to draw attention to artists that I don't think are getting the, the credit they deserve, by any means, uh, they are, they definitely are not getting the kind of shine they deserve. And even the ones that do get a lot of shine, I don't believe are getting the right kind of respect or uh, criticism or feedback. I'll give you an example. Um, I'm going to use Eminem because he's a super ultra mega star, and he is often praised for things that are not things that I praise him for. There's certain things that I really, really enjoy about his music and who he is as a person that I don't think 
people really celebrate it all or give him credit for. Um, I think he's a good human being. Let's start right there. Uh, Super talented, yes. Do I like all the subject matter he raps about? No. Not supposed to. Um, I don't think he intends for that. But people cherish a lot of his music. And I, I just don't understand what parts they like of certain songs over other songs. And I'll give you an example. Like the Revival album, I don't understand the negative feedback. I can understand why certain songs people wouldn't like and it having maybe skippable tracks for a lot of people on the album. There's even songs that I'm not, you know, I skip over. I'm not a huge fan of, but all in all, there was some of the best music he's ever written on that album. One thing he's really good at, he doesn't give, get, I'm sorry, he doesn't get too much credit for is his personal writing. When it comes to something that's super deep to him and you get to see a raw emotional side of him where he's showing vulnerability and insight to his life, something he's struggled with. Uh, out of all of his music, it's only the most recent stuff that I feel the most proud of him as his progression of a human being and just becoming a stronger person as he grows older and wiser. And he's, he's learned from things that he's went through in life in an incredible way. And it's just, the song The Rose, which I'm including on the Quit Rich Season 1 soundtrack, is probably my most favorite Eminem song. And I might be biased on that because I love Bette Midler's The Rose. Okay, and it's kind of not fair to me in regards to this. That song makes me cry in general. I've, I've listened to that song after funerals. I've listened to that song um, when thinking about just tough things in my life. And for some reason, Bette Midler is very, very important to me. Uh, the movie Beaches is a movie that my mom loved and I loved and we liked watching together. And while my mom's still here with us, it's a, I've always had a weird um, bond or relationship with my mom where we're not close, but close at the same time. Um, and I kind of held on to Bette Midler's music like it's a, one of my few connections to my mom. And I've also felt like her music is also the, the song... The Rose in particular has connected me to other people. And so that alone would make me emotional. But the stuff he rapped over uh, that song, the stuff that he wrote to that song, which would have been a challenge. If you put Bette Midler in front of anybody and say, I rap over this, I wouldn't know where they would start. So I think that would be a pretty big task in itself. It's not um, the most hip-hop-y music that you'd imagine, right? He somehow manages to do it, and he talks about things that are reminiscent of my own personal experiences in life. Um, very similar. Uh, there was 
a point in time where I had to go to the hospital. Um, I had, within a year period, two very serious visits to the hospital. And uh, at a point, I, especially thereafter, I had to think about what that would have meant for my kids. And so when I hear music that Eminem makes and he's reflecting on a time where he was in the hospital and he was imagining losing his children and all the things that would come along with him being gone and all the things that he would miss out on in their lives, uh, it hits home because it's, it's the same kind of vibes that I had and thoughts that I had. It's very sensitive and I, it just makes me so happy that I'm still here today and I've got to see and experience so much of my children's lives and that I didn't miss out on it. So even though it may seem like tears of sadness, it's actually tears of joy of just so much relief that I didn't miss out on all these things. So that being said, I, I don't know if this will be an avenue for him to get a different type of respect from people or not. I don't know. But each of the artists on here, Lupe Fiasco, for example, released probably the most artistic album of 2018 across all genres of music. I mean, it was Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall... You know, it's it's that caliber of storytelling and production, and that's something that I don't know I've seen too too much of in hip hop in general. Uh, I think he is ultra focused on the art and the intelligence of the craft, and almost zero to no focus on the glamour glitz of it and that's what has allowed him to make something such as the album Drogas Wave that came out in 2019 but you know that album released and I heard it and I hadn't heard a Lupe Fiasco album since Lasers so it had been a while um, since I had heard music from him and this blew my mind <laughs> like it came out of nowhere for me and it had to be because 2018 was such a huge year in hip-hop where almost every week there was a new album coming out from a AAA artist or just somebody that had a lot of momentum behind them and a lot of energy behind them. It was an incredible year. And then that album was just like the, the pinnacle. It was just like, holy cow, this is just amazing. And the craziest part about it, nobody heard it. There's a core audience that Lupe Fiasco has, and maybe a few people like me um, picked it, picked up this album and got to hear it on a mere chance and were completely enamored by it. But as far as the overall general population of hip-hop, it was very exclusive just to the niche genres and niche side of people that just like this style of hip-hop. And unfortunately, it wasn't really broadcasted in a way that people that appreciate all forms of hip-hop 
should be trying to embrace that and people that don't should be also attempting to embrace something different and outside of their comfort zone but what's even sadder is that hip-hop did not put that album in forefront and say this is our offering to the music world this is something we are exceptionally proud of hip-hop needs to go back and review that album everybody in music needs to go and listen to that album and just really give it time to enjoy what Lupus Fiasco put together and there's a new group that came out last year Family Business Uh, they are some of the most talented writers and they're all brothers which is crazy and they're old the oldest brother, I don't know if he's actually the oldest, oldest out of the five, but he is one of the oldest, and he was definitely the first one to really break through in music, is King Crooked, and uh, he went by the name Crooked Eye for a long time, and has had quite a journey in music, and I believe he taught his brothers how to rap, and he taught them well, and they are picking some really good subject matter, as you'll see on the season one playlist, they talk about addiction in some of the most crazy ways possible. I think one of my favorite parts is where there's a line in a song called Addiction where he's talking about going to an AA meeting and doing all the things that you do in an AA meeting to feel good about yourself quitting or what have you. And then seeing a person next to him in that meeting pretty much dying Um, because his body's shutting down from all the stuff that he's done to it and all his his addictions are pretty much winning uh, and destroying his life and then afterwards after they've done their AA meeting and they feel better about themselves they go get drunk together because that's how they know to interact how to interact that is powerful and then you have probably the most criminally underrated song of 2018 and I'm so glad that he made a video for it and has released it in 2019 we shared it on Quit Rich on Twitter go check it out it's Royce the 5'9's song Cocaine off the album The Book of Ryan The Book of Ryan is a very personal project of his and he said it took him a long time and it was very difficult and it was emotionally uh, exhausting at points to put together some of the stuff that he had to put on that album there's a lot of really cool tracks on there Uh, his son uh, plays a cameo in there where his son is pretty much trying to do a book report on his dad and then says one I don't really know my dad can you tell me who my dad is as a man and Royce almost creates a song as he's teaching his son about himself or about his life or about how he views the world or his perspective on things and maybe why he is the way he is the song cocaine so powerful because It challenges us to think about how strong cocaine is, what we can see its effects have done to people that have become addicted to it and how much it has railroaded their lives. And then you get to see the crossroads that a father might have 
between choosing an addiction that could destroy them, destroy him, and in turn have negative effects and consequences for the rest of his family in a selfish pursuit for bliss or high or whatever the case may be. Or they can choose their family. And Royce feels like his dad hit those crossroads. And his dad ended up choosing him over the addiction. Choosing his family over the addiction. His dad's not a perfect man and none of us none of us are perfect people. But he was faced with the choice to do the right thing for his family. And he chose his family. And the song's an ode to that. And I think anybody that's at those crossroads kind of needs to hear if you did choose to do the right thing, this is maybe how your child would feel about it. It's a powerful conversation. It's definitely a song that I hope goes down in history as one of the greatest songs about addiction. And I don't want to see it go away. I definitely want to see it brought to the forefront And I don't care if it takes 10 years, at some point, that song needs to get the props it deserves for being such an important contribution to humanity and society in general. So, I've gone on quite a bit of tangent, as I do, talking about the music side of things. For day 18, I'm going to talk about how I brought the art side of things and when I mean art I mean animation uh, and we, we touched on that a little bit ago you got to hear me talking about the conceptualization conceptu- conceptualization <laughs> the concept building for one of the villains the, the mega boss villain and I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about the other villains and um, I think I'm going to pull them apart one by one and just talk about why we chose the inspiration for that. And as a bonus, a little behind the scenes stuff, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the characters that got cut. They didn't make it uh, or they got changed. There's been a couple revisions to some of the characters and villains. And I'd like to go into that with you and share it with you. So... Again, I congratulate everyone that's made it to the end of day 17. Thank you for being on that journey. Be sure to go to anchor.fm forward slash quit rich and give us some support. Share it uh, from that portal. You can share uh, our link to Spotify, our link to Apple Podcasts, to Google Play, Google Music, uh, Pocket Casts. All these different platforms, pretty much anyone you could think of is going to be there. And if there isn't one there that you'd like to see uh, as ad, send us a message, let us know, and we will definitely do what we can to get Anchor to add that. Appreciate everybody listening. Thank you all. We'll see you at the end of day 18. 24,000. Almost 25,000. That's a lot of time. I think we're going to make it. <laughs>